I am so glad to be in his presence. My goodness, and glad to be here. And uh, so as we normally do when we start out, let's lift our hands and just be thankful for a moment. Let's get ready to enter into his gates, into his courts. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you this morning. You're so good, so wonderful to us. God, we praise you. Thank you for mercy and grace. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you for getting us well and bringing us back together. Thank you, God, for watching over us today. Just thank you for your mercy that's new every morning. We praise you for it today. Hallelujah. Give him another shout and hand clap of praise. Thank you, Lord. Man, it's just good to be here and great to be back in this house with everybody. I'm glad I'm not preaching to empty seats this week and and glad that little bit of snow got out of here before uh, it could mess us up for today. And it was pretty for a little bit and then just gone. That's the kind of snow I like. It's uh, pretty for a little while and then get out of here. Let me go. That's it. So great to be here today. We're going to, I know we started out, you know, we've had one real live Sunday service this year. And uh, not the way uh, we thought it would go. We had uh, service and everything was great. And then the next week everybody got sick. And then the next week we got some slush and ice and things. And so, uh, yeah, it kind of tried to knock us off track a little bit. And we had just started that first lesson of that walking the the gravel road uh, in this uh, 11 o'clock service. And so we got one lesson down. I hope everybody remembers. <laughs> uh, so we, we're going to continue in that today and just um, believe God's going to bless us and, and, and show us some stuff. So a uh, quick recap of the first lesson, just be there. That was it. Don't miss your burning bush. If you, Hey, you're not going to get nothing from God if you're not where you're supposed to be. Be there. That's it. Now we'll start the next one. So uh, let's just lift our hands and pray. Lord, we love you and thank you for being able to come into your house and hear from your word. And Lord, just speak to us today. Let us hear what the Spirit would say. Let us be attentive and led by your Spirit today, God. We just love you and praise you. Let our hearts be ready to receive what you've got for us today. Thank you for calling us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Thank you for this life of following you. We love you and praise you today, God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Bless us now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, give him a hand clap and another shout. You can't praise him too much. Hallelujah. You can't praise him too much. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for being here, and uh, just uh, wonderful to see you all in this house today. Today's lesson title is The Point of No Return. A little subtitle to that is When You're Caught Between Faith and Fear, That Point of No Return. And uh, I have learned this, that following the Lord is a road filled with life lessons that he wants us to learn. He, he does not want us to just 
follow him and never understand and never know and never learn and never mature and never grow. You know, a lack of learning will lead to a lack of maturity. And uh, I believe God wants us to mature. And uh, the scripture tells us to grow in grace and knowledge. And so there's uh, definitely God's teaching us. And it was that way with uh, his disciples. He follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. Well, they would have to learn what that would mean. They would have to learn to trust him, to have faith in him, to uh, know him on a deeper level. They would learn how to treat others that were not like them, and they would learn how to pray for people and uh, handle uh, you know, rejection and persecution. It was all a learning process for them uh, to get them to the point that they could be the church so that when he went away and left them with their marching orders, they would uh, have something to hold on to. And uh, so I, I want to uh, learn from him. You know, when he, he told them, let us go over to the other side. You know, they, they started out uh, on calm seas and then got in the middle of a storm. But then they made it to the other side. Don't you think they learned something uh, that day Don't, uh, when they looked at each other and said, what manner of man is this? They were, they were learning about who they were following and who they were serving. When uh, they sat down with over 5,000 people in a desert place and the Lord said, give them something to eat. He was about to teach them. It's not about the abundance of things. It's just give me what you got and look what I can do with it. They were learning some things about the Lord. Uh, you know, he told Peter, he said, go catch that fish and pull that coin out of his mouth. Okay, now you got to trust God with some crazy stuff sometimes. And he, but he's teaching Peter, if I tell you that's what I said to do, he could have said, go get it out of a camel's mouth, and it would have been there. I mean, it was, uh, that was just, but it's what God showed him and what he was doing. He was leading him on that path of, of learning and, and growing and, and trusting in him because he knew that one day uh, they would have to be the church. They would have to preach this gospel around the world, and they needed to, uh, how can you preach about somebody you don't know? How can you preach any, with any confidence if you don't trust him? He wants us to learn. So, um, but, you know, most of the time uh, we fall into this trap that we expect our life and our walk with God to just be easy. Oh, man, because we tell people, man, living for God is the best life going. So they think, well, that must mean there's no problems there. I'm coming with you. I mean, he told, you know, he, he told that uh, man on the cross, he said, so we think that we're, when we, uh, we're like that thief on the cross, that today we're going to be in paradise. But, uh, yeah, not yet. Uh, it's, 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 a little, it's a little farther to go before, uh, you know, we get there. But, um and, you know, because we know that he loves us, that's the things that you ever hear people say, well, how can God who loves everybody let this happen or let that happen? And because we know he's a loving heavenly father, we, we think, well, he's going to deliver us from every problem. But Jesus never pulled any punches. He told his disciples the good and the bad. He said, hey, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. I'm leaving and you're going to be here. And you won't see me. You won't be able to touch me anymore. Walk with you know, I'm leaving. And in this world, you're going to have tribulation. And what? But then, but be of good cheer. 
because I've overcome the world. In other words, he's saying the world will not be able to throw anything at you that I haven't already conquered. And if I'm going to be with you always, even until the end of the world, whatever the world throws at you until I come back to get you or until you see me face to face, I've already beat it. And if I've already beat it, you're going to beat it. Because the things I've done, you're going to do, and greater things shall you do. So he's always letting us know that I'm going to take care of you. And the thing is, is he, yeah, he could. He could deliver us, and we know that he can deliver us. But more times than not, he chooses to lead us through. Not around it, not over it, not, but through it. Through the experiences of life, the good and the bad, the painful and the pleasurable. He, he brings us to it all because it's like Job said, the Lord gives. Oh, we love it when he's given, unless it's correction. But we love when the Lord gives, loads me daily with benefits. So one of the best benefits you'll ever get is if God says, hey, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, I'd rather, if I'm walking toward a pit, I'd rather him uh, pull my coat and say, hey, bud, you're heading the wrong direction. But I want to go that way. Let me just show you what you're about to go into. Oh, thank you. Now he asks, thank you, thank you. But, uh, but uh, he, he, he'll lead us through those those things, uh, through those hard times so that we can get to what we need to get to. Uh, you know, uh, you think about Joseph. Dreams. Everybody loves dreams, good dreams. Dreams of God doing great things. Dreams of, you know, uh, being a leader. And he's, Joseph's like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be lead. Y'all, y'all, my brothers, my mom, dad, everybody, they're going to be bowing down to me. And that's what it's going to be. And it's, it's, that's coming one day. But he never tells Joseph anything about the betrayal of his brethren, uh, that he would be thrown in the pit, sold into slavery, lied on in Egypt, set in a dungeon, uh, until, you know, forgotten about uh, after he's trying to help everybody. And, but Joseph never is going to be in that position of power. That was the path to the palace. That was the path into Pharaoh's grace. And that was to the path to where he had to be in that dungeon he had to be right there on hold, just in that doing spiritual time, if you will, waiting till God said, now it's time for you to fulfill what I've brought. And so he realized he can look back and say, you know, God blessed me when I was, even when I was in slavery, when I was in Potiphar's house, I was blessed. Uh, I was lied on and thrown in dungeon, but then God blessed me while I was in the prison. And uh, then I was still used in the prison to interpret dreams for people. And, and then uh, because of God's favor on me, I was called to interpret Pharaoh's dream. And now I'm sitting in a position of power where I can feed people and save people. And uh, even my own family, I'll be able to save them. I never thought I'd see them again. But, wow, they just showed up. And now look at here. I'm, I'm in a position where I can save them and feed them. And, and he only got there. On that one path. It wasn't like, hey, just stay at home, grow up, no troubles, no problems. One day I'll send all the way down to, uh, you know, to your father's house and say, hey, could you send your son up here? But Joseph had to get there. And that's how it is, is, is that you learn to trust him. And you think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Before their promotion, there was the midst of the fiery furnace. They saw what it looked like in the middle. They didn't just see it from afar. They knew what it was like to go into it and spend a little time in the furnace with the Lord before they were called out and got their promotion. Daniel, 
just praying like he always does and finds himself in a den of lions. But then he finds himself called out and promoted. Uh, God's going to lead us through sometimes. Because I saw an old sign one uh, years ago uh, in some Christian bookstore and had a, a, a ship and it was on a, a, just a rough sea and it said uh, that, that smooth seas do not make an experienced sailor. You know, uh, calm winds and smooth water. You know, anybody can just get in a boat and float. I mean, that's, that's, but it's the, the rough water, it's the storm that, that teaches you how to survive. And so, so God will bring you through the storm, through the valley, through the furnace, through the den of lions. He'll bring you through some things that you think, man, this is going to take me out. And, and it might if you don't know who you serve. But when you know who you serve, you just keep walking. When you know who you serve, you just keep praying. When you know who you serve, you just keep doing. And, yeah, you, you're going to take them uh, those hits. You're going to take those heartaches. You're going to take that uh, disappointment sometimes. But, but, you know, there's something better waiting on me. And so I, I, I'm, I'm trusting the Lord on this walk because he wants me to trust him. He wants me to be where he's at. And so you think about, uh, well, we know this. First Corinthians 10 and 13 tells us that there's no temptation taken you but such as common to man. But God is faithful. He will not suffer you to be tempted above what you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape so you can bear it. He said, I'm going to make a way out, but you got to trust me. You got to trust me. You know, you can you can get into a place where there is an exit, but you're so. Uh, you remember we talked about being caught between faith and fear. You know, people have been in a place where something terrible was happening. There was was an exit, but they were so paralyzed with fear that they wouldn't run for the door. They knew if I don't get out of here, I'm going. Maybe in a house, a fire, or something. You know, and they're like, if I don't get out of here. It's going to be over. There's a clear line. The door's open. I can, but I'm afraid to move. And that's when we've got to trust God and know that there's sometimes we're going to go through things, but you don't let it paralyze you and stop you because the Lord said, with the temptation, I will also. I'm not done with just a, He doesn't just sprinkle temptation on us and say, deal with it. He said, I'm not done. He said, because with the temptation, I will also. Make a way of escape so you can bear it. Because it's not my idea to destroy you. It's my idea to grow you, to mature you, to, to help you to learn to trust me so that you can walk by faith and not by sight. Oh, uh, he didn't, he said, I want to finish the work I started in you. That's my plan. That's what I want to do. I want to make sure that uh, you get everything you need. And that's why we know that Remember, when you know who you're following, then scriptures like Romans 8 and 28, that we know that all things work together to good, uh, for the good to them that love God. You know, just you know, check yourself and sometimes, do you love God? Well, sure I do. Well, okay. Well, if you love him, whatever you're going through is going to be for your good. 
We know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. When we have been called, when he called you out of darkness, you think, well, you mean only the people he called to preach or he called to minister? No. When he called you out of darkness, he had a plan and a purpose, and he wants you to fulfill it, and he wants to fulfill that life and that work in you. So whatever you're going through, if you love God, now, a lot of people say, well, you know, I love God. Well, make sure you do. If you love him, keep his commandments. Are you living for God? Are you doing it? And when you know I'm living for God, I'm doing my best, uh, making mistakes does not mean you're not living for God. Falling on your face doesn't mean you're not living for God. That happens. Getting rebuked by the Lord doesn't mean you're not living for God. Ask Peter. He'll tell you, no, I love the Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you. He just kept telling you, you know I love you. And he's probably trying to avoid the question, why did you deny me then? You know, he didn't want that brought back up. But, but uh, you know, so when we love God and are living for God, whatever I'm going through is not there. Uh, it would like to destroy you, but God didn't send it to destroy you. And God didn't allow it to come to pass to destroy you. He didn't allow what happened to Job uh, to happen so he could be destroyed. He knew that Job had that integrity. He knew that, that he loved God and, and hated evil. He, he understood that. Job's a man that fears me, fears the Lord, and serves me. So uh, check yourself sometimes. When you, oh, I must be doing something wrong. Why, why is that the, uh, the first thing we go to? Let's just go ahead and just kill ourselves over it, you know. I must be doing something wrong because I didn't get that raise, or I must be doing something wrong because I lost my job. I must be, well, were you late for work? Maybe that had something to do with it. It ain't got nothing to do with the Lord. You know, were you calling out all the time? Were you, you know, what's, I don't know. But, uh, you know, sometimes just things happen, but they're not there to destroy you. God's going to, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. God's going to take care of his people. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. God is going to take care of his people. And so uh, we, have, we have to re remember these things and then, uh, I thought about this scripture on the way this morning as I was going over stuff in my mind. And First uh, Corinthians 14 and 33 says, For God is not the author of confusion. And I just I want to think about that for a minute. He, he's not the author of confusion, but that does not mean that you won't get confused. Now, confusion comes when we don't understand. That's why it's so important to know your God. And realize that God, well, God, you know, Job was not confused. Peter was not confused about things that went on. He said, think it not strange. Don't get confused about the fire trial that's to try you like some strange thing happened to you. Don't get confused in this. This is part of walking by faith and living by faith and serving the Lord. We're going to have trials and tests. God is not the author of confusion. And when he allows something in your life, he didn't allow it to confuse you. He allowed it to help you and to grow you. If you get confused, it's because maybe we hadn't spent the time getting to know God like we should. Because that's, you know, that's the people. The people get confused are the ones who think, I'm never going to have a problem or a test or a trial or anything if I serve the Lord. It's just going to be all sunshine. Well, it's not. It's going to be some trouble and some trials, and it's going to happen, and we have to get ourselves ready for that kind of stuff. And so the confusion comes in on our side. God said, I, I'm not doing anything to confuse you. If you know me, you won't be confused. 
You know, David wrote a great psalm, Psalm 23. He, he understood the Lord is my shepherd. He's going to feed me, lead me, guide me, correct me, you know, watch over me. He's going to be there for me. I, I know it. I'm going to go through the valley of the shadow of death, but it, I fear no evil. I'm not confused about this because his rod and staff, I know he, that he's going to be there. And when you know your God, you'll see the carnal mind is what gets confused because the carnal mind is an enemy against God. It, it, it can't be subject that it don't understand and when we stay carnal minded you know carnal minded Christianity is thinking nothing bad will ever happen to me that's that's carnal minded Christianity and and God's like I can't even get through to you because you that's that's just stupid <laughs> have you not read my book people that I love so much and what they went through that's just that's just ignorant you, 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 what, what do you, you know, you're not even in my book. You know, have you read my book? You know, do you know, do you know anything about the author? Do you know who he is and, and what he does? And, and when you know him, uh, but we're not confused. You know, I told you my, my testimony about the night I was baptized. I came out of the water. Everybody was, hey, man, that's great. Things going good. Oh, man, this is awesome. And, uh, praise the Lord. New life. Everything's going to be great. And I'm like, well, great. And one guy walks up and says, think it not strange, the fiery trial that is to try you. Now, I was confused. I didn't know nothing yet. But you know what I did? I went home and I studied. And I started saying, what's trials got to do with anything? So I started studying about trials and tests and, and trials of our faith. And the more I studied, the more I understood. And I began to realize that, hey, this is just part of living for God. And so when those things would come my way, I'd be like, you ain't scaring me. I know you. I done read about you. You're just a trial of my faith. And, 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 uh, and so I'm not quitting God because of what you're doing right now. You can roar all day long. Just keep, keep circling around and roaring. I'm just going to keep praising the Lord. I, you know, uh, and so you, you learn uh, through his word. You learn to know your God, and through time and prayer, you learn to know your God, and you draw close to God, and you know more about him, and there's not very much confusion, because you know, you know he, he wants us to know him. He's sure his ways are higher than ours, but that doesn't mean we can't understand his ways. I, I mean, you know, I, it's amazing the way his grace and mercy works, but I believe in it, and and uh, I know what it takes to, to, to get where we need to be. And I'm not confused about his love toward me. He loves me. When I say I don't know why he picked me, I'm not confused about it. I, he picked me because he loves the whole world. He picked me because he came to, to die for, for sinners, and that's who I was. I mean, I understand why me, was, you know, so many others, but I'm not confused about it. So it sounds like you're say, saying you are, but I'm really not, I'm not confused. I just there's so many other people that were more qualified, I think, or were better. Or after, I'm not confused. He loves me. I know God loves me. I love Him, and uh, so I have uh, tasted and seen that the Lord is good. You know, God would say things like that. Taste and see. That's that's learning. You, know, you, you there, there's things you taste, you never forget it, because you can taste something else, and you'll be, hey, that tastes just like. You know, it's, it's, you know they, they'll make, a, a, you know, they make uh, jelly beans that taste. This is crazy. But they, they make some great ones. That, hey, this tastes just like popcorn. It ain't popcorn, but it tastes like. How do you know? Because I've had popcorn. 
So I know what it tastes like. Well, say, I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. I know, but so when things go on, this is the Lord, and he's good. Because all things work together for my good, and God's good. You know, they have, how? They, they've got, like, jelly beans that taste like socks. And, and I don't know who ever tasted a sock that said, this is what socks taste like. They, got, they hired somebody that said, I'll do it. Enough money, I'll do it. Not me. So, but, you know, when you've been with him and spent time with him, you just learn to trust him and you learn to know him. And think about the conversation that Jesus has with, with Philip. It looks like he, the Lord's talking about him and the Father are one. He's like, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. And he looks at him he's like, Philip, have we been together so long but you don't know me? What are you confused about? You, you know, time spent with him should erase confusion. Uh, it should give you revelation. That's why Peter could say, you're the Christ. You know, I, I've, I've picked up on who you are, and I understand who you are. I got this revelation from the Father. And that's what he's, how is it that you have been with me so long but you just don't understand who I am. You've watched me walk on water. You've watched me calm storms. You've watched me cast out devils. You've watched me raise the dead. You have seen me do open blinded eyes, open deaf ears. I mean, it, and there is no, you've seen all these things, and you still don't get it. And that's, uh, you know, that, that's why we have to spend time with him. Our walk with him is so crucial and important. Because uh, it's in those fiery furnaces, those lion's dens, those valleys. That's when our walk with God finds its purpose. It finds its meaning. And that's, that's where our intimacy with God comes from. It's, it's when we discover that Christ that we've been searching for. When we have gone through these things and realized that, hey, God is there. You think about a newborn baby. I think we've got a beautiful one in here today. When that baby's born... Newborn, you know they, they don't even really see clear. They they, they they can hear, you know, they see it's fuzzy, it's it's blurry, it's whatever, you know, until it clears up. But but all they know to do is they feel something and they cry, and then mom and dad fixes it. They don't know mama or daddy. They just know I feel something that's uncomfortable causes me to make this noise when that happens I get a solution something don't feel right it's a little wet and cold down here I got this pain in my belly I don't like shoes it's just all these things but what they are doing is that because there's a response they're learning to trust. It's not that they're being spoiled. They're learning to trust. Before long, they will learn to focus. And when they see mama or daddy, you see it in their face. They recognize you. They may not be able to talk yet, but they recognize. This is the one that comforts me. This is the one that fixes me. Guess what? Babies get hungry. Babies feel pain. Uh, oh, they're precious. They're babies. They should never have to feel any pain, but they do. They get fevers, they, they teeth, they get, uh, they get bumps and bruises and scrapes. You know, they, they, they go through things, and, but 
Guess who's there? Mom and Daddy. And before long, they learn to say Mama and learn to say Daddy. And then they realize that I don't just have to cry. I can actually just speak a name. And when I do that, they, here they come. They've learned, and, and all, they've, all they know is to trust. Now, they, it, it, was a, it was a path of trusting uh, the, their parents. And, and, and it's like that. We just, as we stay with him and spend time with him, then we, we learn to recognize him, and we know his name, and we can call his name. And we know that when we call his name, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. When we call his name. And, and so you know, God does not abuse that trust in us. He, he is, and, and just like a parent will just love their kid and cradle their kid and, and be there for their kid, they, that kid learns, hey, uh, I know uh, who that is. When I see them, I know uh, who it is. When they're just little, can't talk yet, and they see you walk in the room, and they start going. They're just so excited to see mom or dad. And I see you walk in the church, I'm like, but now I can talk, and so I can call his name. And, and, uh, and I know that when I call his name, I, the Bible says he's faithful and he's true. And listen, we learn about this faithful and true God, and, and he takes care of us. And uh, Man, that's why it's so vital to spend time with the Lord and, and, and spend time with others who have known the Lord or been through things because it will help you to, to know more about God. You're not going to learn about God uh, missing church. I'm not saying you can't have an experience with God outside this building, but God designed uh, us to, to come together and, and to worship and to learn of Him. And there's something that builds up our, our faith and it, and it helps us to get together and worship the Lord. I mean, I'm just, you know, I know people say, well, they're always quoting that scripture, but, but why put it in there? He's not the author of confusion. He's not going to just put something there and make me go, I don't, I don't get that. He said, don't get into this, fall into this thing of forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. Don't get into that mode. Come together. You know, yeah, it, it doesn't, you know, you can, you can have different number of days you come together. You know, so there's some churches, they meet once a month. Some churches meet five times a week. I mean, some of those missionary churches, seven days a week, 10, 12, 13 services a week. Uh, trying, you know, it, it, there's no number limit on that, but, but to forsake it, how are you going to learn about him? How are you going to know about him? And, and then people, you know, you know what happens? Does that disconnect become so strong? You know, people, when they, they're away from God's house, it's so hard to come back because they felt like everybody just—they don't understand. Everybody just kept kept on moving. Yeah. Listen, the church is not going to stop for anybody. So don't be—you know—folks uh, that, that, that leave, don't be mad because the church kept growing. Why didn't y'all just stop and wait on me to come back? Can't do that. We got to keep growing. They, well, I come back and I, you know what? Come back and just feel at home. Just come on, because we're we're all in this thing together, and 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 that path. That's why I say you just trust the Lord. Sometimes your path takes you. The Lord led when He led them out of Egypt. He said, "No, I can't. I can't take them this way. That ain't the way they need to go. They're gonna bail out on me if we go this way. So I'm gonna lead them all around this way. That's the way. 
that God did because he, he knows what's best for us. And so don't ever think like, man, we're so quick to just say that, that was just a total waste. If you love the Lord, nothing you have ever gone through, even your mistakes is not a total waste because you learn. And I, like I said, you never learn without mistakes. You're, if you're not making mistakes, you, you, you don't know how to, uh, if you could just do everything perfect all the time, and then all of a sudden a little hiccup comes, you don't know how to fix it. Oh, I've never had to fix anything. I've never had to troubleshoot. I've never had to uh, repair because I've just always got it right. That's why you go through some things sometimes where you don't get it right. So you can learn to trust the Lord and don't lean on your own understanding. And that's uh, this, this walk with God. We talked about this point of no return and being caught between faith and fear, walking with God, it, it's going to require you to step out sometimes on the edge of your fear. It's going to ask you to trust somebody else with your life, even your future. That's, that's, what it's going, that's why the scripture tells us, 1 Peter 4, 19, that we commit the keeping of our soul we, 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 to, to God. We commit it to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. We realize he's faithful, he's true, and I can trust God with keeping me, watching over me. I can, I can do that. So we, we learn to do that. And, and uh, our story, this walk with God, will, will never get to where it's supposed to be. It, it doesn't unfold until you choose to override your fear with faith. And here it is. Faith that you're not the only one to ever cross this line. <laughs> you will, you're not the first and you won't be the last to step across the line into God's favorite place. The place where he is in total control. That's where God, God wants you in a place where he's like, where you are just trusting him. Not that he's got you like a puppet. That's not what I'm saying, but where he's in control, where you have allowed him to order my steps in your word, Lord. That, uh, where you lead me, I'll follow. And, you know, that I, you can correct me. You can do whatever you need. To. You are the Lord of my life. And that's, that's uh, a fearful thing sometimes to just trust. But you got, like I said, it's like that newborn baby. He don't know mom and daddy yet. He just knows these are the the two entities that come together whenever I cry. <laughs> and and so, he, so he just has blind faith that they're going to come. Somebody's going to do something. And, and that's the way you, you start out with God. Well, I heard some preaching. I had some faith. I obeyed the gospel. Now what? Hang on. Because <laughs> you're about to get on that, on that lesson ride. You're about to start learning some things while you walk. You're going to learn that it ain't always easy. Uh, but it's always worth it. It's, it's always worth it serving the Lord. And so uh, when we, uh, we go on this journey, we realize we're not the only ones to ever do it. First Peter 5, 8 and 9, familiar. Be sober, vigilant. You ever say the devil as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Don't run from him in fear. Resist him in the faith. Knowing, this is what you, the same afflictions accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. You're not the first. You're not the last. 
You're not the only one who's been going through something. That roaring lion is trying to scare you out of your faith. The Lord told Peter, Satan has desired to have you to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith fails not. He wants to destroy your faith. He wants you to be afraid. He wants you to fear everything. He wants you to freeze up and not run for that exit. But if you know anything about God, you can realize, hey, other people have gone through this and made it. That's the whole point of Hebrews 11. When you read Hebrews 11 and you're reading about by faith so-and-so did this and faith so-and-so did that and then they, they, and they uh, received their dead, raised to life again, they, they uh, quenched the violence of the sword, they shut the mouths of lions, they, you know, they did all these things and it leads up to verse number 1 in chapter 12 where it says, And seeing we are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. God's trying to get you into that cloud of witnesses. Realize that, man, all these other people, they've gone through this. They made it through this. That's where God's leading you to, to be part of that cloud of witnesses. He wants you to be uh, you know, faithful and, and true and, and have a testimony and realize that, man, God can do anything. And yes, God can just... If he want, like I said, if he wanted, he could just move this, that out of your way, just clear a path, and you'll be fine. And sometimes he does that, man. But more times than not, we just walk through. We walk through the fire. We walk through the valley. We walk uh, on that rough gravel road sometimes as we're headed up on this way to glory. But we trust that God's going to be with us. That's why that. That people love so much, man. They, they stitch it on towels. Jeremiah 29 11. Every time they dry their hands, they want to read. God's got a plan for me. God's thinking about me to give me an expected end. God's got an expected end. That, that's what it's about. Others have taken this journey that we're on right now. And they arrived at the end. That's why Paul said, I have. You know what? Paul's just like us. Like we, he was just like we are. We're running this race. And Paul said, well, I finished my course. I fought a good fight. I kept the faith. I hung in there. And now there's a crown of righteousness. Here's my reward. Here's what, what comes from it. That's us. And that, that's it. And, and so we have to remember that uh, we're going to arrive at the end of the line. And when we get there, we're going to have a confidence in this mighty God that will not let us fall. Walking with God it's where you learn to let go of what you think and you listen to the one who knows more. He knows more than you do. Guess what? The Lord knows more than we do. Oh, I, I, I got it figured out. You ain't outfigured God. God knows more than you do. He knows more than I do. He knows more than any living human soul ever. He knows it all. And so we listen to him because God is committed not to just the beginning of the journey, but to your safe arrival in heaven. He didn't just call you for you to make it a quarter of the way or halfway or three-quarters of the way. He called you to finish, and he is committed to helping you and seeing you finish. And so if you feel like, man, I'm, I'm at this point of yeah, this point of no return and, or this where I'm caught between faith and fear, just, just remember uh, this promise in Jude. Jude 24 and 25 says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling 
and then present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, power, both now and forever. Amen. God is able to keep you from falling. And it's like this. Now it's, it's like this time of, of um, making, these, making a decision. Am I going to just step out and live for God and trust God with my life? What are you going to do? Are you going to place your life in the control of somebody else? You can trust God. We be, do you believe he can keep you safe? Do you believe he's really watching over you? This, the author of this book that we're teaching from, he had a kind of a life experience that he, he mentioned in relating his walk with God. And I thought about, you know, walking with God to me seems like jumping out of an airplane. I'm not going to do that. There's people in here that have done that. I wonder if that's tempting the Lord. I don't know. But because I can't think of a good reason to jump out of a perfectly sound plane. But I think about how that you are at that, you know, the, the point of no return is not when you're at the door. It's one step out of it. There's no... It's be, I'm sure that a lot of people, once they made that step, wished they were back in that plane. And you can wish it all the way to the ground because it ain't happening. Not going to happen. And at that point, you have to tr you're just trusting that some cord and some silk is going to get you <laughs> safely to the ground. Or if you're jumping tandem, you've got, I'm really trusting this guy behind me knows what he's doing and that uh, we're not going to die uh, right here, but uh, but but once you step through the door, that's the point of no return, and it's just like it's like that walking with God. Once you step through, it's just like all these challenges and trials they, they just come rushing at you all at one time, faster than you can handle. But you know you're going to make it. You, you you've got to have faith that you're going to make. You you don't jump out of a plane thinking, man, I'm all the way down. Just I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Not very enjoyable. Most people that I've talked to that have done it said they were terrified at the door. But once they were clear, the thrill, the sheer majesty, the beauty, the, the sight, the all of it at one time is overwhelming. And some people just pass out. <laughs> it's so good that I guess that's like people falling out in the altar, you know. It got so good fell out but but you know this is <laughs> listen Jesus said I am the door and that's the way we need to look at this that step because for every door you, you walk up to it and you either turn around or you walk through it and some people will never know what it feels like to skydive because go, going up in the plane, that's not the same feeling. Putting on the chute, that's not the same feeling. 
standing at the door is not the same feeling. You'll never know what it's like until you step through. And a lot of people have come up to the door, but you just hadn't stepped through. The Lord said, I am the door. And once we step through the door, that should be for us the point of no return. That I'm not going back. Sometimes you might think, oh, it felt like it was a little safer before I stepped through that door. But, but you'll never know the thrill of what God can do in your life unless you step through the door. You're not going to understand the fullness of living for God till you get to the point of no return. You just got to step through. You got to make that decision. I will follow. Where he leads me, I'll follow. And I, I, like I said, I, I, I have not jumped out of a plane and have no plans to ever do that. Ever. Will never, ever, 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 ever do that. The only door I will be stepping through is the door of the Lord. I want to step through that door. But, but I do know people that have done it, and they're like, glad I did it. I won't do it again. Glad I lived. Glad it was great. Great. Can't even describe it. It was fantastic. I've got friends of mine that were in the military, airborne. They jumped out of planes, and they was like, man, it's the greatest thing ever. I love doing it and all this stuff. And like, yeah, wow, that's great. Not me. But so I'll never know that rush. I can live with that. But I can tell you what, I know what it's like to step through the door. And, I, and, and for me, he might as well shut it behind me because I'm not going back. It might, it might as well be jumping out of a plane because I'm not going back. That is the point of no return. I, I'm going to live my life for the Lord. And I know my time is running out, and I just just didn't even get hardly anywhere. It don't seem like, but... Uh, yeah, I may have to just preach the rest of this next, next week or finish it up next week because I know we've got to stop. But um, so let, yeah, let's just go ahead and stand together. I can't. I mean, really, I can't get started with the rest of this. Um, we'll never get uh, get through it, and then it'll be twelve o'clock, and people will be like, "When are they stopping?" All them kids will be in the hall hollering at us. But that's what you need to you need to make your mind up that Lord I'm not going back there's a lot to be said for a made up mind you know people that that do something like jumping out of a plane is is usually probably like three groups there's people that just screaming let's go they just crazy no no they ain't worried about it I mean they're they're pushing the pilot or the guys with them let's go let's go (laughs) they're gonna go that's that one crazy group then you got the ones, I'm going to do it just to prove that I can do it. And then you got the people that's terrified. And they somehow got invited. <laughs> and they didn't want to look like they were scared, so they went, but they're terrified. And that's a, whichever one of those you are, that's fine. That's just who you are right now. Then maybe in your walk with God, you're one of those. God's got you at the edge of something. You're terrified, okay. But you're never going to know until you step through the door. 
And some people who were terrified, jumping out of a plane, said, I'd do it again in a heartbeat because they realized how amazing it was to them, to them. And so they just, that's why you got people that do it all the time. Why do you do it? Because I love it. How do you know? But you had to always got to be a first time. And so we got to just get to this, get past this first time of trusting God and realize that, hey, he's more reliable than any chute or any skydiving instructor. God's going to keep you. And so you can trust him. And so make up your mind that on this walk, this, maybe it's good for that to be the second lesson is that we can go ahead and make our mind up early that on this road of following him, I've already reached the point of no return. I'm not going back. Praise the Lord. Let's lift our hands and just love the Lord for a moment. And God, we thank you because your faithfulness, it teaches us to trust you and to serve you, to believe in you. And Lord, I pray today that we can just make our minds up to serve you. Lord, serve you with gladness. Lord, you've been with us in the good times and the bad. You give and you take away. But blessed be your name forever. So, Lord, let us each have a made-up mind and a made-up heart today. Lord, let us make our mind up that we have crossed the threshold, the point of no return. There's nothing behind us. Peter said it. To whom would we go? You have the words of eternal life. There's nothing behind me. So where you lead us, Lord, we'll follow. In Jesus' name, amen. If you know it, won't you sing it? Let it be your prayer. Let it be your devotion today. Lord, where you lead me, I'll follow. Sing it one more time. Let's sing it one more time. All the way. Come on, sing it to the Lord. to see us listen as, as much as you want to hear it said I promise you that he wants more to say it well done good and faithful servant praise the Lord let's give the Lord a hand clap this morning great God great God what a great God we serve thankful for the Lord today alright let's find a place to pray before this next service and just believe God do some great things amen